No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aloha Protein Powder. Get through the cold winter months with a rush of pure, energizing, plant-based protein. Try our favorite, the Vanilla Blend, for 18 grams of protein built with the very best ingredients. Enter Aloha20 at aloha.com to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through February 2016. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 128 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I'm Matt Frazier, joined by Doug Hay. Today, we're talking about our 15 rules to live by. It sounds yep. sounds very official and authoritative. It, well, there are rules that we stand by and we live by. They are. <laughs> and, we, and we were thinking, like, do we want these just to be our quirky, sort of idiosyncratic rules that, that are for us and, like, we're just sharing them with the world? Or is this, like, the stuff that we think people should live by if they want to you know do whatever get their life in order mm-hmm. live a live a meaningful good life and we think it is that we think it, it we didn't we don't want it to be just this is for us and probably doesn't apply to you uh this is i mean if if i was coaching someone and said and they said my life's terrible right now and i need to need to start from scratch get it get it, <laughs> get it going what would you do here this is my nine rules i'd give them right okay they're in the background here, and by the way, these are general. These are just life rules. We right. can, so we can not do more running th- specific or yeah, anything. and we can definitely do more more of these episodes. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently that do these kind of rules things, and I really like them. I think they're really good. You get to know the people who give them, and you also get some good tips. So we could do a running rules or a food rules or something later on. Uh, these were pretty much much life rules, but but with that. You got to kind of assume there's like a background of already general goodness, right? So like, I don't have don't cheat on your wife as a rule, (laughs) but that is a rule that I live by, but I'm not not putting that out here because it's just kind of a waste of a rule. I mean, I think we all hopefully live by that one, Uh, you know, eat eat vegan. I mean, everyone knows that that's that's an ethical rule that I have, Uh, so I didn't include that here, but of course there's all this sort of background stuff. So that was a little difficult for me separating that from like, what is the non-obvious rules here that yeah. So I guess if someone truly wanted to get their life in order, I would start with don't cheat on your spouse. <laughs> but I'm not going to be including that one here. Yeah. So and, and we, I guess we should say these aren't um, these aren't the only rules that we live by, right? Of course. Kind of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Many, many more. Yeah. These are the the ones that we thought most most potent, perhaps, and and most interesting for an episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. Yes. Exactly. All right. So I've got a bunch. Doug, you've got a bunch. I don't know that we're going to agree on all of them, but we will We will see how that goes. Yeah. And uh, we do a 15 in all, and, and we'll see how it goes. All right. All right. So my first one, make your bed. Starts with the moment you get up in the morning. Uh, this I know this sounds kind of like a trivial, not a big deal rule, but I really think, and I, I first learned this from Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project, mm-hmm. um, that you do this one simple act, and it actually is in you know scientifically linked to being happier and they look at these happy happiness research then making, making your bed is, is yes is actually one of these factors that goes into being happy wow um but i think it's just sort of a, a place to start kind of setting the tone for organization and and for me that's that's something i'm i tend to let slip if i don't have rules in place so a lot of these are sort of uh for some people they'll say that's overly restrictive as far as staying organized but i need to have them or i will will not stay organized so making okay. the bed is something that uh, aaron and i have started doing probably in the last five, six years, pretty consistently. Uh, nowadays, it's pretty much every day. One of us will make the bed before 
you know, the day starts. Is it the last person when they, right when they get out of bed, they make the bed? That's kind of the rule. So, okay. so that's incentive so to get incentive? up. <laughs> it, it okay. is. And sometimes like I'll get up and then Aaron will like get up just as I'm still kind of in the room and like then when I got to go help. And, <laughs> but, but we get it done and, uh, and I think it's a really important one. Interesting. That's that's a good one, and that's something that we are not good at. Is, really? Yeah. But you know, I if if I'm ever spending time in the room, so if if we're getting dressed to go out, you know, for a big night or something like that, and you come into the room and the bed's already made, yeah, it just makes it's so it nice. like so much nicer. Yeah. It's it's one of those things for me. It's like I feel like I always am, am thinking about one day when I'm a grown up, I'm going to do this. Like one mm-hmm. day when my life is in order, I'm going to do this. And I feel like you could you could be 60 and not be making your bed yet and still kind of being like well well actually one day when i'm growing up i'm gonna actually start making that all the time huh. so it was just like we just said let's do it and and i really like it all right um well my first one is is pretty basic uh, and i think we can definitely agree on this one and that is to move every single day and that doesn't necessarily mean to run every day or to work out every day but to get out, go for a walk, do some sort of exercise every single day. It's so good for your body. It's so good for your mind. And even when you're totally overwhelmed or, you know, Sunday was a great example. I was just, We had a party. I was exhausted all day. Um, but I made a point to get out and move, and it just completely shaped or, can, you know, changed the way the rest of the afternoon went and mm-hmm. how I felt. And so I can't stress enough to move every single day and really every hour or, like, hour and a half if you can go up and, like, do – you know, five minutes of stretching or push-ups or something like that. Yeah, I, I like that, and I agree with it. I can't say I have enforced it in my life that much. Like, when I go through these running slumps, a lot of times I'm just not doing anything. Yeah. But I totally understand the benefits, and, and I think it makes that is a good one. And, yeah. and a good first one from you, because you, you're clearly someone who does that. Yeah, and if you can do it outside, that's even better. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, much as I don't like going outside... It is good. It's good to get out there. It's <laughs> right. good for you. Not just like to appreciate nature, but there's lots of good things that happen for you. Yeah. I went, I went back and forth about whether that should be get outside every day or move every day. I went with the <laughs> so move, but really if you can move outside, then All right, knock it good. out. So for me, that would be a sort of a should do. Like I don't always feel like doing that. I think you probably feel like doing that. You do that, that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe your fun thing for the day. Um, so I, I agree with you. you should, some sort of exercise should be done every day. For me, that's often like a a should like a thing to do like that i should do i also think and this is my my or our third rule i guess uh is that you should every single day do something that is just for you that is that is fun for you to do it should be nurturing like i don't think i don't think drinking three beers should be your thing to do just for <laughs> you that's fun uh it should be something that is you know in some way you can make the argument this is a pretty good thing for you yeah um this in my my wake up book the very first thing that I tell people to do, the very first assignment is just create this new sort of anchor habit. This this thing that you do where when everything else might not be going that well, you, you know, and you're, you're strapped for time and you can't fit anything in, you carve out this space to do one thing every single day that is just for you. I think it should be probably the same thing so that you can actually start to see yourself improve at it or start to just get into the routine of doing it yep for me for the longest time it was reading i would make sure that i absolutely carved out half an hour or an hour every single morning to read a book and would just do that and it was my thing that i did and it kept everything else going uh more recently for me it has been practicing the drums i make sure every single day i go play that for half an hour upstairs um and like not for any real reason other than it's fun to do and like i'm trying to get better at it of course but i really think that you that that sort of foundational thing can often pave the way for so much other stuff like if you're just at a point where you feel like you need 
things to change and just you just you're just in a rut that's i think where you start start giving yourself that enjoyment every single day yeah i like that i like that and that that kind of segues into my next one which is um something that i've, I've mentioned on the podcast before and that is i'm, I'm calling it jazz hour nice <laughs> yeah okay. uh, and that's it's something it's basically an hour every single day where we turn off screens we turn off any sort of major distractions other than music um and and just be you know we're either you know just sitting and talking or sitting and um you know cooking or, or whatever it is but we're just taking this time away from everything and kind of setting stepping out of it even reading or you know because oftentimes the stuff i read is somewhat work related or it triggers that type side mm-hmm. of my brain um you know and trying to step away from all that so that's something that my wife and i do almost every single night definitely during the week um and it doesn't have to be jazz hour but you know some this time this hour every evening to kind of release everything and, and step away from the day yeah i liked it a lot having two kids i can really appreciate that the value of that I mean, it's some, <laughs> might like, be impossible like, <laughs> i mean that's that's what disappeared when we had kids you know yeah. like i think we did used to like we, aaron and i would cook dinner together and and mm-hmm. while that wouldn't you know we wouldn't say this is jazz hour that we're doing now right it it, it served that purpose so yeah. I, that that disappeared when we have kids and i have often noticed when it's like whatever 5 p.m or 6 p.m and it's just things are crazy i'm like god it was so much better when we just had <laughs> quiet time for a little bit. Sure. Uh, so I think creating that is really good. And we actually have had, it's not without screens because we, we got this like ballet DVD and, and my daughter has been doing that sometimes. And then my son will listen to a book on tape and Aaron and I will actually cook dinner again. Yeah. So that, even though there are screens and audiobooks in play then, uh, it ha- kind of has been our our jazz hour. Yeah. Will. Well, I appreciate that. So I, I like that. I think it's really important. Uh, Plus it's a, it's a great excuse to buy a bunch of old jazz records so you can... <laughs> yeah. You don't need to buy them. You just go on YouTube. You can play them. That's, oh, yeah, that's what I do so now. There's no reason to support well. independent art anymore. You just... <laughs> oh, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there are often ads in the YouTube videos, and I hate that. Yeah. All right. Not that we would never run an ad in our podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this isn't art. This is not a bad thing. This isn't a classic jazz album, right? This is a stupid No Athlete podcast. Throw away. Make it. Listen to it once, and then it's done. <laughs> you don't think people repeat our episodes over and over? I, maybe this one they will. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of kids, I've got another one here that's only going to apply to kids people. But for me, this is one that that we absolutely like. I was thinking, how many things do I actually have that literally happen every single night? That like are right. non negotiable things that happen all the time. And uh, one of them is reading to kids every single night before bed. Hmm. So it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But either me or my wife will go and put the kids to bed every night. And every night that is. You know, not a five-minute, like, good night process, but uh, but 30, 40 minutes of read a story, lay down with a little bit, put it in bed. And I just think – and now it's with two kids. It's a story to each kid because they're kind of not at the age where they can appreciate the same story very easily. Mm-hmm. So it's always this thing in the night that it's like we finish dinner and, like, somebody's still got to go do that. It's not – you're not relaxed. You're not done for the night. You got to go do this. But it's it's nice. Uh, but I think it's just such an important thing. I've, that's apparently one of the one of the things that is, is causes kids to basically do better in life. Is, is if they're read to when they're yeah. younger. So, no, I think so it's just, and being a big reader myself, my wife's also a big reader, it makes sense. But it's just, it's a very good way to make sure there is that consistent time with the kids. When there's all this other busy stuff going on, that is that is dedicated them time. Yeah, I like that a lot. So what do you, because they share a room, right? So how do you mm-hmm. read one story? What does the other one do? 
just sits there kind of patiently. Oh, so we nice. start with, with our daughter, and the older one, Holden, he'll just kind of hang out. And, so he actually gets to appreciate both stories. That's good. I like it that. is good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's sometimes bad. I mean, they get in trouble up there sometimes. There's yelling. There's there's all kinds of things. <laughs> but but some, you, most of the time, it's good. Why don't you give it give another one? All right. I got another one that's just totally unrelated. Um, this is not diet and food rules, as we said. So I left those off of here because I've got a bunch of them. We have that episode. I, the blog post was called 10 Guidelines for Eating Healthier Than Ever. Uh, I don't know what the name of our podcast episode was. Do you happen to know that, Doug? I don't. Okay. We'll we'll keep thinking about that. Um, we'll definitely put, put it in the show notes. But that's kind of our food rules post. Uh, but we might we might do another one. Anyway, this is unrelated to food eating, but when it comes to food, and applies to much more, no preaching and no dogma. So I don't, I, I mean, anyone who knows about No Meat Athlete knows that I'm not at all into telling people that they should eat this way, that, that this vegan diet is for them. And if they're not doing it, then, you know, they're terrible people and they're going to get cancer and they're not doing anything good for the planet or that. Like, I just happy to give people lots and lots of examples. And when I do interviews, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the message of someone oftentimes who does believe and think that way. And that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm happy to happy to share that. But personally, I'm not one to tell people what they should be doing or what's right for them. Uh, that's been the biggest turnoff for me. And, you know, and also like no dogma, like I just mean, kind of question things like don't, I don't ever get so, I mean, look, I'm vegan for ethical reasons. Um, but I constantly am fighting the urge to only listen to the scientific studies that promote veganism or that are pro-vegan. You know, like it's very easy to just start believing that right. and get yourself in this hole where like, you know, you become a fundamentalist and you just can't consider that there might be that you might be wrong about something, that right. maybe it's not the healthiest diet in the world. Right? I mean, and, and I think it is, but I think it's good to leave open the possibility that you could be wrong and that you can learn something sure. from something that says something that you don't believe. So that's really important to me. That's that's also probably why I'm not religious. I just don't like kind of accepting things based on faith alone. I want to, you know, remain, remain skeptical, be open to different ideas. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. And that's uh, that's a good one for me to hear right now and and everyone everyone to hear i think um i've noticed recently and katie pointed this out to me last night that i've been making more comments about veganism to to people that i know well you know not to like right strangers but i'll like make jokes about giving you know and kind of give them a hard time or something like that and i don't know where that's coming from i'm not saying you shouldn't feel strongly about a cause and shouldn't stand up for it right like Mm -hmm. i'm people will interpret this i think as being spineless and afraid to stand up for something Mm -hmm. um I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just I, I I never get to the point where I believe in something so strongly that I that I you know want to push it on people. But I guess that's what we're doing with these rules, right? I'm giving people here's yeah. here's what I think I do believe in, and this is I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I I mean I do that too. I make I make jokes to my dad about that he should be vegan or he's going to have a heart attack. But like yeah. I don't know. He knows it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next one is to show gratitude every day. Um, and I, you know, I think that gratitude is one of those things that is so easily forgotten or neglected, um, that we that we get so caught up in our lives and the stressful parts of our lives and the busy parts of our lives that we forget to take a step back and be thankful for the people around us, the, the, the shelter over our head, the food in our bellies, um, and all the, all the real, you know, gifts that we have every day, um. And and I think that that that's that's a really important part of of being happy with what you have in, in your life is is being able to appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that you do have. So, um, you know, I, I 
do a gratitude exercise every evening. Um, and I think that that's a great way to kind of wrap up a day and, and, you know, and to reflect on, on the, the good things that happen, even if the day was particularly stressful or, or not all that good. Do you think that, that doing it in the form of an exercise, cause that's something that I've done as well many times having, you know, been convinced and there's science again behind this and happiness. Gratitude sure. is an emotion that if you experience it often, you're going to be happier. So mm-hmm. it's not a totally self selfless activity to, no, to be grateful, right? Because you because yeah. you get rewards from it, uh, and there are many other exercises too, like you know forgiveness, another very good one to experience, and and you become more happy by feeling that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've mentioned this before. There's a good a guy named Vishen Lakhiani who has something called uh, six phase meditation. If you Google that, that has you kind of run through these these six really empowering emotions, and it's it's not a meditation because you're not your mind is not quiet. You're, you're intentionally thinking about things. Uh, but it's a really nice morning routine that I used to do for a lot. I mm-hmm. uh, would like to get back to. Anyway, my question though, do you think that putting it into an exercise like that, that you're kind of cramming your gratitude into this one corner of the day and say, I'm going to do this for this five or 10 yeah. minutes, does that flow into the rest of your day or kind of spill over into the rest of the day? Uh, or if it doesn't, is it okay that you're just saying like, here's my dedicated time to be thankful and the rest of the time I'm not going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I think it does is it, it, forms the habit and the mindset of, of that gratitude. And and for me anyway, and I think for probably most people, and this, this goes not just with this exercise, but a lot of exercises, is if you're not in the habit of, of thinking about something like that, um, and then you, you start doing it in the evenings, then it will automatically start seeping into other parts of your day, and, you, and you'll start appreciating things and maybe making note of it. You're like, oh, that could be one of my gratitudes for tonight. But, uh-huh. then, but then you're kind of feeling it in that moment, um, and... And it, you know, it, it's spreading itself out, and it becomes much less of of the routine than it is a part of who you are in, in your daily life. So, gotcha. You know, it starts as that one little piece, but then kind of seeps out. Yeah, I like the tip of of uh, noticing, like, be on the lookout throughout your day so that you yeah. can remember this during the next. I've never really done that, but that's that would kind of have you on the lookout for it. Yeah, yeah, good. All right, so my next two go together. Uh, they're about different topics, but they're the same sort of uh, idea. So the first one is be pretty relentless or ruthless about throwing out stuff that you don't need or don't use or, you know, even have some sort of emotional attachment to. Uh, I'm not saying you need to be minimalist and only have 50 or 100 things because I've, I've tried that and that has added more stress than it took away because I just started to like, you know, start to resent people for having stuff, the kids for having junk around, my wife for having more stuff than I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying you need to do that. For some people, that's great. But I've noticed such a different difference in the way I feel throughout the day in my work, in my, you know, my motivation to like make other changes to myself since I've kind of cleaned out all my stuff in January. And that's something I was much more committed to it a few years ago and really did love how it felt, kind of got away from it. Um, but it, it's definitely been a, a big, I mean, my life in the past five years versus before that, the amount of stuff I've kind of had around me day to day. Uh, has been has been almost nothing. Like besides what's here in this office, I have drums and I have my my clothes. But like I don't have any other personal stuff. There, there's just nothing else. It's just mine, and I really like that. It, it to me feels really good not to have an attic full of junk that I just know is there because I feel like it just kind of takes up some little space in your mind unless you're really good at forgetting about it and just not not caring. But uh, I think if you can if you can just relentlessly throw out stuff, including Rock Creek Runner hats, if you get two of those and you only need one. Uh, <laughs> So there are things, you know, it's a gift from someone. It feels hard to give it up, but mm-hmm. but you just do it. You you cut it loose. I think that's a really, really good thing to do. 
Uh, and the book that I read this year that really I, I liked a whole lot was The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, very, very popular book. But I did not expect it to be life-changing. I thought it was just going to be a nice physical thing, but it has really made a difference for me this year so far. I did it for the first four days of the year, kind of just purged and organized and all this stuff. And I've stuck with the system, which I didn't really expect because that's a month is a long time for me to last with some kind of organizational system. And I've felt myself making all kinds of different changes and trying to do different things. And we're, we're not eating oil this month. I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but I'm not drinking any alcohol this month. I am going to have a guy on the podcast soon who kind of inspired me to do that. Uh, but it's just lots of, lots of stuff. Lots of motivation has come from that. And I think that's, that's the important thing here is that it's not just a physical thing. You, you don't have that much stuff around you, all this clutter, get rid of it. And I think it kind of creates space for you to want to grow in a non-physical way. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. And I understand that. I um I haven't done any sort of, uh, you know, but you guys don't have a lot. Of, like you guys don't have a lot of. You're already pretty minimal in, in the amount of stuff you have. I mean, I like to think we don't have too much. <laughs> we definitely have a junk closet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a uh, that's kind of crazy right now. But you know, that has like a lot of camping stuff. See, this is where I struggle with that exercises. You know, we have a lot of of activity things. You know, mm-hmm. bicycles and a ton of camping gear and stuff like that that doesn't get used every day you know it certainly doesn't even get used every month um especially the camping stuff but you know but there are certain times every year when it's good to have that kind of stuff yeah certainly but but i guess some of it if you it depends how serious you are about stuff but like you could you could rent a tent every year sure and then you know you could figure out whether that space mentally and physically Mm -hmm. in your in your head and in your house is worth 50 bucks a year whatever it costs you to rent a tent which is probably less than 50 bucks for for a crappy right. tent right um but anyway so that that's that's i guess the counter argument there mm-hmm. um and, and there are lots of things that you sort of like you hang on to because you think well i might need that one day right but if you if you kept all if you so if you just say i'm going to throw out all the things that i say i might need one day like sure you are going to need one of those one day but if you think of the other 300 that you threw away that you didn't need, sure. it's it's worth the, the cost yeah. of having to go buy that again or rent it again or whatever. So Yeah, I think that is an especially important uh, exercise with clothes. Yes. Uh, because it is so easy to accumulate just a ton <laughs> yeah. of clothes. And, it and absolutely is. There's nothing more stressful to me than a jam-packed uh, dresser drawer or something like that. And they my all my dresser drawers are jam-packed <laughs> with, you know, like... My race, my, my running clothes drawer is just right. full of the, all these shirts that I don't need. You know, I need at most five or six, right? right. Totally. Um, yeah. So that that's that's the value, and, and that's where you will throw away the most stuff. I threw away a ton of clothes, and I thought I was already pretty good about that. But I threw away yeah. like more than half of the stuff I had. Hmm. Just, my drawers, and I used to see them. The way there's like a folding method here, so now all the clothes are folded and they sit on end in the drawer. Uh-huh. So they're not not laying flat in piles, but they're on ends. So you open it up and you see all these different colors. Really, it's a nice setup. It's really, it's really nice. So, I mean, nice. really, to me, that's like, it. like making the bed. That becoming part of your daily, the thing you see, mm-hmm. rather than clutter or messiness or whatever. I think it really has a big impact on how you how you are throughout the day. Would you say if someone wanted to do this, would you say that the workspace, their workspace, is kind of the first place to start? Where would you say is the most important? Place I mean, this particular start? book, and it, it's been really good. She she kind of has you start with clothes because mm-hmm. she says that's the easiest stuff to get rid of. That stuff, there's not much attachment with that. I mean, right. there's a little bit, but it's not it's not sentimental gifts from people. A lot of it, and or things that you just can't get rid of. And there are a few. And then she says books because that's second most easy to get rid of. Right. The very last thing you do is sentimental items like you know things your kids have made, all this kind of stuff. But you kind of get better and get used to doing it. 
uh, I think there's tons of different approaches. I, I've heard that start with one room at a time, start with one space at a time, and move out gradually. But her thing is more like do it all at once and and the opposite of the small steps approach. Basically just do it all at once so that you can really feel the change so that you won't ever go back. Cool. So I, I don't know where – I'm by no means an expert on that stuff. I keep following different systems, and uh, I don't know what's best. All right, so my my companion one to that is uh, a time management thing, the exact same philosophy with time management, basically. Be relentless about the things that you choose to have, especially the commitments that are kind of standing commitments in your life, uh, the things you, you say yes to and, and agree to do when someone asks or someone else tries to get you to do something. Um or the things that you that you yourself are just committing to for your own sake. Like, be really relentless and ruthless about the ones that you allow to keep in your life. Because I've realized that if I have a given workday and someone wants to do a call for an hour or lunch for an hour or coffee for an hour, I mean, in that workday, half that day is going to be me taking care of email, doing other stuff, dealing with distractions, which you try to avoid, but they happen. So, like, I only have this few good amount of hours. So if you think I have eight hours and I can easily blow off one have coffee with this person mm-hmm. but if i think i probably only have three real actual hours where i get hard good work done right and if i'm getting rid of one of those then that that to me becomes a really costly thing especially when i think of that hour is like i could stop work early and hang out with my family that time sure so i've started to kind of realize what is the true cost of taking an hour or whatever to do just stuff that you're not that interested in doing mm-hmm. um so that that's I have, do not have a good time management system at all. I've never been able to get one. It's it's on one of my things that I'm trying to do. It's on my to do to do list, um, which is kind of ironic. There, Doug, so to to do list has that's a time management system in itself, but mine has that right. on it. <laughs> so that's something I'm trying to do. But if I've got a time management system, it's this. The Derek Sivers is the guy who made made up this phrase. It says hell yeah or no, and like if it's if it's not a hell yeah, the, the whatever the the proposition is that you want to do, then it's a no. So it's got to be like, you got to be really, really into it in order to do it. Uh, can't say that's like my day-to-day decision criteria, but more and more that's that's become how I do make decisions. And I think that's kind of, I was trying to think, what is my rule for like, you know, why why did I have to quit my job? Why could I not do a normal job and have to go do my own thing? And like, it's that sort of attitude is what caused that. So I don't have a rule for like, don't work for somebody else, have your own, because that's, that's not for everybody. But I think, for me, it was it was a matter of like I have to really, really be into spending eight hours a day doing something if I'm going to do it for that long. Right. So for me, it was kind of if it's not hell yeah, like which which anything that was working for someone else was, then or was not, then then it's a no. So I get that. Okay, I'm going to kind of counter it here. Okay, but Go first, I think we should pause for a brief second to thank our sponsors. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Aloha. The cold winter months have arrived. Keep them outpaced with 18 energizing, muscle-building grams of plant-based protein. Aloha protein powder is filled with the very best whole food ingredients like organic peas, hemp, and pumpkin seeds that keep you going all season long. And one thing that makes Aloha powder so special is that they're sweetened with natural ingredients like apple juice instead of artificial sweeteners. For an extra boost of whole food, whole body, healthy energy, add Aloha Daily Good Greens to the mix. Just choose one of their three delicious blends. They have chocolate, berry, or original, and pour it into your favorite water, juice, smoothie, or dressing. You'll get a full serving of fruit and veggie goodness for natural energy. Visit aloha.com and enter promo code ALOHA20 to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through February 29th, 2016. Okay. So... 
Hell no or yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> hell no. If it's not or a hell yeah. no, then it's a yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, mine, mine is to never pass up an invitation to go grab a beer. Okay. And there's there's a little asterisk here because it doesn't have to be a beer. It could be anything. I'm not saying everyone should drink beer. Um, mm-hmm. And but but really the the spirit of this rule is that there are so many things that we have going on and so many things that we value as, as really important, um, you know, when it comes to work and when it comes to working out and all these things like that, that we don't take enough time to step back and just sit and enjoy a, a drink or a conversation with, with someone. And especially if it's just one-on-one with people, we have so, you know, so much time on our screens and so many time with all this input that we, that we don't, have this one-on-one time with people and these conversations, these long-form conversations with people anymore. And I think that there's a ton of value in that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't want to do it, and sometimes you might not even think you really like that person. I mean, you might not know them, but I just, I, you know, I, I have gained so much. Are you referring much. to Nomad Radio episodes, Doug? Is that, is that your hour? <laughs> yeah. The person you don't like that much? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, used to, we used to have beer with our episodes sometimes. We don't really do that anymore. No, we might again one day. Um, but you know, I, I just, uh, I, I, there have been so many times that I have gone and done that, and and been so appreciative or so glad that that I ended up having that beer or sharing that hour with with someone when I wouldn't have necessarily wanted to go in the first place. Very rarely, it's kind of like a run. Very rarely do I end a, you know, end a, a hangout with somebody with one on one with someone um, and regret it. Mm-hmm. You know? I I appreciate that. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I I often do feel that way. I I think I would still always choose to do something by myself. <laughs> if I like, if I if you could include never say no to the idea of having a beer by yourself, <laughs> it doesn't sound so good. I I'd be more on board. I feel like now and then you got to step back and just take that time yeah. that isn't work that isn't any should do kind of like what I said about do something just for you. That's, right. That's a, and and I guess maybe this is maybe for you that is a just for you. Well, I mean, no, it's it it is in a way, and it's not in a way. Um, it you know, I think of that that running, my my solo running as kind of the thing that is just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is for me, but it's also for the other person. It's also kind of just for creativity. It's good for you yeah, know, community. It's good for so many things. Um, and and the other the other asterisk was that I wanted to make sure I wasn't that people understand that I'm not saying you should always have another beer. So, <laughs> right. so if you're if you're out and someone's like, oh, just stick around for another beer, that you can say no. To. That you can say no. Okay, to. I I like that, and I think I, I've noticed that. I mean, I know that that's one of the things I wish I was better at. And like when I read that Blues Ones book last year, I I took away from that the idea of how important uh, interaction with other people is to your sense of meaning and belonging and purpose and all that. Mm-hmm. And I have tried to make an effort since then to to be more into that because my my tendency is. You know, why do with someone else what you could just do by yourself? I mean, it's it's like, right? You know, and with running and everything, and there are lots of places where I, I do do better that way. But I think you're absolutely right. It, it is it is always surprising to me how how much fun those sorts of things are. Yeah, uh, especially when it's just with friends and not a work thing. Because right. a lot of times it's work coffee. Someone's coming through, or someone who you know works on a brand that is just tangentially related to what we do, and says, "Hey, I'm in Asheville," and a lot of people come to Asheville because it's a place people come sure. and they want to have coffee. And I've kind of started like weaseling out of those. So maybe you'd make an exception when it's kind of a work college. Yeah, not, yeah. Not I'm, like not, I'm not necessarily talking about that. Um, yeah, I'm more of a more of just a 
uh, hang out is really what I'm talking about. Good. I like it. Good. Well, I'm glad. I didn't. I kind of when I wrote that one down, I didn't think you would. Yeah, like that. I mean, it's it's sort of opposed to mine, I guess. But but you're right. That that does surprise you often as being a a fun way to spend an hour. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is probably my only one that is not going to be for everyone. Well, I mean, because all the other ones are clearly for everyone. They can have no argument. Um, no, this is the one that is maybe unique to me. Um, it, actually, it's not that. But it's the very first thing I do when I get up is is this exercise called morning pages. And I've talked about that on uh-huh. this podcast before. Haven't always stuck with it, but I'm back on it. And in the past three years, I've probably been on it you know, two-thirds of the time, where first thing I do when I get up, before I make a cup of coffee, before I talk to anybody, especially, because you don't want to be talking to people and kind of entering into this, you know, brainwave state where you're wide awake. You want to be just out of sleep, and, you know, you're feeling all the thought, feelings you feel at the beginning of a day, and you get sit down with three pages, three pages of paper, and you just write until they are filled. Yep. And you write whatever you think about, whether it's a journal of what you did yesterday, or whether it's just random phrases that are popping into your head you just get it out on paper and it's such a good for me way of organizing my thoughts and just mental kind of cleansing and you sweep out all the corners of your mind because after two pages you're like you don't have anything else to write Mm -hmm. uh it takes 20 25 minutes and it's just it's been really good for me to have a morning ritual that is a reason to get up because i try to get up now and do that before the kids are up and making noise and there's tv and whatever else so that's become my reason to get up um when the alarm goes off so that I just absolutely love that exercise and would highly, highly recommend it. The reason I, I'm certainly not not unique because it's from the book The Artist's Way, which is you know very, very popular book. So I'm not the only one who does this. Uh, but I also think there are some people who will try this and be like, I'm never doing that again because that was that was not for me at all. So that's what I mean when I say it's it's maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, do do not you think it's something that um, maybe takes some time to, to fully understand or get? Uh, I think it probably takes a while to get start to get the benefits from it. Mm-hmm. But from the very first time I did it, I was like, "Wow, this is actually really fun." And I'm, I, you know, I'm seeing my thoughts become more organized because I'm just taking the time to write things down on paper and not have them bounce around in my head. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think it would be for everyone. I think some people would try it even for a week and be like, "This is not a good use of my time." Mm-hmm. But for me, it's it's just it's a lot like meditation. So I'm much more inconsistent with actual meditation. This is a pretty good stand-in for that. I think it good. really does does do that. So highly recommended, uh, even if it's not really a rule. It's my rule. <laughs> All right, I got two more rules. Okay, that's how many I have. Great. All right, so my next one is to uh, make everything a part of play. Mm-hmm. So be... Or make play a part of everything. Uh, make play a part of everything. That, that's That's what... That's a better way to phrase it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, to take a playful approach um, or even a childlike approach in some in some cases to basically everything you're doing, whether that's work or you're running um, or your family time or what, whatever it is to make play a part of that, that routine. So have fun with it. Let loose. You know, quit taking everything quite as seriously as as you may you may be inclined to do. I think that's a really, really good rule. One that's difficult to follow. Yeah. Difficult to remember to follow it in your life. Uh, but if I look at people who, to me, are clearly really happy people, that's that's what they do. They're they're just playful in everything. Nothing bothers them. They are just... They, this whole thing is a big, fun game for them. <laughs> and they they appear to me to be more happy than anything anybody else. 
Uh, there's a book called Play It Away that I read last year on this same subject. Just making it's like he was saying one of his good examples was like next time a grown up wants you to go have coffee with them, suggest instead that you go to the park and play catch, like with, with baseball. <laughs> and, and like that's what kids would do. No kids yeah. are going to go sit at a table and talk. Right. They're going to they're going to go play catch and talk or, or whatever else way beyond even that. Even that's kind of lame as far as kids' activity would be. <laughs> right? They could think of way worse things than that. Go yeah. jump dirt bikes off ramps or something. Like, but I think it totally makes sense, right? <laughs> Having coffee, like that being our idea of a fun moment out is so lame. I, I like it, but like, yeah. when I think of it that way, like, why not do more fun things? Next time all those people come and ask you to have coffee and they come I, to ask you, I should you, do you, that. Should, you should be like, hey, I don't, I don't want to have coffee, but I'll go to the amusement park. If you like it. Probably a good way to avoid those meetings. Yeah. Be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. Go to the batting cages. Or batting something. cages, yeah. Miniature golf. Go kart rides. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. I like it. I like it. All right, good. So, more play. Mm-hmm. Um, on a not at all related note to that, I don't think in any way, is this is a really important personal development rule. I, I talk a lot about personal development and goal setting. I didn't even put goal setting in here because there are a lot of times when goals are not the right fit for me. And when I do have them, they just add stress. Uh, but I think of all the personal development stuff that I've read and listened to, the, the one rule from that that has stuck with me more than anything else is to take responsibility for as much stuff as you possibly can in your life. And I don't mean like when something bad happens, you step up and say, I'm responsible for that. Because that, that is a, a sort of a leadership element, and you would expect any coach or you know player to, to do that, uh, or president or you know anything else in, in real life. Um, but in your head... You can either be blaming stuff all the time and say, well, I'm, this isn't happening for me because of this and this and mm. this. Or, you know, I'm mad because this person did this. If you just get to the mindset of whatever happens, I'm responsible for it. So even if it's like a random event, I think it's an empowering mindset to say, in some way, I made that happen to myself. You know, like, I don't know. And, and the new age types, they do think that. They think thoughts become things. I don't know if I, if I really believe that, but I think it's an empowering thing often to believe. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if if when the flood happened to my house, right? And it was it was terrible. In some way, for me, it was good to think. Well, maybe I'm responsible for that because I didn't think to turn off the water before we left. And by feeling that bit of responsibility, next time I go on a trip, we will turn off the water <laughs> in our house, right? So, like, or I could just instead blame it and say, "Well, that's too bad. I can't believe God did that to me, and I'm just pissed off now." Mm-hmm. So, I think the more you can. Just step up, in, even if in your head, not out in public, but just say, in some way I'm responsible for that, and what can I do to make that not happen again? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that a big part of that is is by taking responsibility, you can take action to prevent it next time. Instead of having to dwell on it, you can let it go because right. you, you have a you have a plan or you have some, some way to, uh, to move on from that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do think there are some people maybe for whom... Maybe it'd be too much, or if, or if the thing that has happened is so bad. So I, I don't know. I don't know at what extreme this stops. I haven't experienced, thankfully, any sort of tragedy to the point where mm-hmm. I've said it would be better if I didn't feel responsible for that event. Right. Maybe there is that point. I don't know what it is, uh, but I think for almost all day to day stuff, you can have that mindset, and and it will will help you rather than you know, as opposed to the alternative of blaming someone else or something else or something external. Uh, if if you go around with the idea that you you were the reason your life is the way it is in in whatever mm-hmm. aspect i tend to think that's a, a really good thing yeah as long as you can let it go 
I think blaming yourself and and yeah, if you're someone who feels tons of guilt about that kind of stuff right. and and beat yourself up over it and and doesn't spin that around to say, well, then I'm going to do this differently, but but right. instead just gets worse and worse and depressed about it, then then no, it's maybe it's not for you. But yeah. in that case, maybe you can you, you can go work on some other things. <laughs> All right. All right, my What's final next? one is to have a plan. And what I mean here is, uh, and this kind of goes into everything. It goes into my work. It goes certainly into my running um, and just, you know, life in general. To have to, to think through uh, where you want to be, where you want to go, and, and the steps it takes to get there. And you don't always have to stick to that plan. That plan can always change. It's always a little fluid. Um, but to, to have a plan... That you can that you can follow so that you so you know you're on the right track so that you know that you're making progress you're not stuck in that um, that comfort zone that mm-hmm. you know mediocrity um, but you have a way to continue on and continue progressing. I think that is really good and another one of the things it's easy to spend a couple of years of your life and not have that. And sure, it just, it's so easy not yeah. to have a plan. It definitely is, and I think it, that's kind of related to goal setting that, that you should have something you are aiming for rather than just saying i'm going to take what life gives me and just make the best of it yeah uh it really i mean it, there's so many metaphors and you know stories and things about why you just that, that kind of demonstrate the power of goals i have one myself that just happened yesterday mm-hmm. so i've been going to the gym every morning my wife and i and she's joined me in the program so every morning we do this bigger leaner stronger workout for her it's thinner lean, leaner stronger this guy named michael matthews who i'm gonna try to get on our podcast by the way um <laughs> But Monday through Friday, (laughs) Monday through Friday, we go to the gym. It takes us, I don't know, between an hour and and 70 minutes. None of this is really that relevant to the story. (laughs) Yesterday, I had to do a set of pull-ups. Why get pull-ups? Had to do them to failure, which also is the exercise you couldn't do, right? Isn't that (laughs) a bit of trivia? Doug, a while ago, could not do a Uh pull-up. Have you changed that yet? Uh, Well, I haven't tried again, but I have been doing a lot of upper body strength. I bet you can. I bet you can. Okay, good. So... It's it's an exercise in this program, this particular one. I I forget actually, <laughs> I forget how many reps I was supposed to do. But for in my head, it was I have to do this till till I fail. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's and and most of the exercises aren't this, but pull ups. You know, I can only get whatever eight of them or something. So it, so it may as well be to failure. Whatever the reps are, I'm just I'm doing it till I can't do anymore. Yesterday I did that, but I knew I was going to go till I failed, and yet I found myself looking to see what I did the previous week. Because I knew that that was the number that I had to get in my head. And I thought, what a good example of you know, why goals are helpful, right? Because I could have just jumped on that machine and gone until I didn't feel like doing anymore. Or I could have an actual target in mind of what I got the previous week. And, and every other week after that, I could keep doing this routine. So if you take someone and you said, do pull-ups to failure, but don't every week do a set of pull-ups, do them to failure, but don't keep track of how many you're doing. And then take someone else that says, keep careful track. And every single week, look at the amount you did last week. And now do it a set to failure. Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to just stop because you get five when last week you got eight, but now you just on this morning feel like failing at that point. Right. But you have a goal in your head, so you have a reason to get this far, and then it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. But I think if you did that, you, you, the two people would be drastically apart in how many pull-ups they're doing at the end of six months, just because the one person had that little mini goal each week when they looked at what right. they did the week before. Yeah. So yeah, I think I like that's that. that's a very, very tiny metaphor for something much bigger of having plans for your life. But I think that's really, we are goal-seeking creatures. We we need that, and we thrive when we have something mm-hmm. to shoot for rather than just, you know, aimlessly wander. Yeah. Good, Doug. All right, my last one is the one I think people will not like very much. Um, the general principle is... 
in your life have less noise and more signal, meaning don't pay attention to things that change and fluctuate and don't really matter. Pay attention to stuff that really does matter and is lasting. But this, the, what this means is don't watch the news, do not pay attention to any news, and don't do social media. Those are the two things. Just stop doing them entirely, and, and you'll be fine. You don't need to know what's going on in the world. I know people will say, yes, you, I have to know what's going on. You don't. Nothing happens. You just you just don't pay attention to the news, and then you have that time back. You have that stress back in terms of you get that. You don't have to expend that stress. You, you stop having it, and it doesn't – I mean, your life doesn't get affected by you watching the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is definitely one where we differ and <laughs> we disagree. Um, but I will say that I have significantly changed – over the last five years, I've significantly changed the way I consume news. Um, from a 24-hour news cycle, you know, I was addicted to to the to the cycle that so many people are um, of just random noise mm-hmm. of the day uh, to to the news that you know I think matters more and and that that's much lasting stories that are lasting and that are uh, you know more important. <laughs> and right. I guess right. uh, um, you know. But I guess we do differ in the that how that I do think that it's important to know what's going on in the world, and I think that that's mm-hmm. an important part of being a part of the world and part of the community that we live in. Right. Um, but I understand it. I understand what you're saying for sure. Um, and and finding that balance, I think, is is crucial. Yeah. Uh, so someone who's not going to go all the way, and but and this is was an intentional thing. This wasn't just like I I just wasn't. I was kind of bored by the news, so I stopped watching it. I read a book. It was called Fooled by Randomness, one of my favorite books in the whole world. Uh, has nothing to do with fitness or diet, but but it's about sort of math stuff, but about how randomness really has a big impact on our lives and how much noise there is and stuff. Uh, and after that, I said, I am deliberately not going to watch the news anymore in the mornings, and I'm not going to look at newspapers or anything. And I just cut it out of my life, and it's been so much better since then. That's probably not for everybody, but I think, like you did, if you just slow down your news cycle, and, and let's say you paid attention instead of all day, you start paying attention one time per day. Right. Then at the end of the day, you get whatever stories you're getting at that point are probably the the more important ones of the day, rather than that this stock happens to be up three points right now. Right. Because by the end of the day, it's not anymore, and that literally isn't news anymore. It just it just was noise. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you can go to once a week, or even once a month, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not be quite as out of touch as I am, <laughs> but if you pay attention, if you if you read a a digest or a distillation of the news of the past month. You're getting mostly pure signal, right? There's no up and downs. You're just just right. getting the stuff that someone has decided this is what happened last month that was worth knowing about. So that's what I should do. I don't have a source for that, but if there is one, I'm happy to have suggestions. Yeah, well, I mean, so the approach that I take, and this is probably too much for you, but um, I used to subscribe to the paper and get a newspaper every single day, and that's that was a lot of noise, even though it was less less so than say watching CNN, where it's literally like every second it changes. Right. Um, uh, but then I switched to now I get the Sunday Times, which is much less of the news from the day before, and it's really the week's news mm-hmm. in a much uh, right. I think that's much better, much better, a much thorough, more thorough uh, newspaper. And and I think that and I and I read. I take the whole week to kind of read that because it is a lot of news, and um, I can be a little more selective as to what stories I read and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's good, and then the social media stuff. Oh, I completely agree with you there. You know, I, I'm not I'm not good at this. I, I'm right. not saying that I'm good at, at, at cutting out social media, but I mean, there's just so much noise on social media, right. and there's so it's so easy to suck away half an hour of your time and and come out of that half hour having learned 
nothing and have and your work as a person because you've seen you just are more like the people who are on there sharing their dumb pictures and trying to get attention for themselves right if, if you spend an hour a day doing that you're going to be affected by that i'm sorry you're going to become more like the people you hang out with right and if that's the way you hang out with people mm-hmm. you're gonna be more like everyone else on social media just clamoring for attention or whatever else people do on there i don't know but you should post one picture, or you should go to Rocker Gunner's Instagram. Yes, you should always do that. You should go picture. to Nomi Athlete Facebook. Nomi Athlete yep. Facebook. These yep. are the things you. These are the exceptions, of course. Of course, because we have no noise. It's all. It's all very <laughs> right. important. It's so, all okay. signal. <laughs> yes, and that's why I don't have a smartphone. I don't, I'm not. That's not a rule. Don't have a smartphone because I'm even. I'm kind of saying like, okay, I'm falling behind. I probably need to eventually, you know, join the the world. Well, you need a new phone for sure because <laughs> yes. it's annoying as hell when, yes. <laughs> when you go in and out. Okay, hold up on. There it is. It doesn't even work very well. Um, but no, no, that's the manifestation for me of, of that stuff. That was I'm, I'm not good at, like I said, at some of the self-discipline stuff, but if I just get rid of the whole phone, then there is no more social media in my pocket, and, mm-hmm. and I can't. Otherwise, I would be flipping through Twitter all the time. Yeah. So that was just what I had to do to, to, to not have that. Okay, that's 15 rules. This was a departure maybe from our normal stuff because it was not at all really about fitness or food. Um, but this stuff's all in the background of, of those choices we make with fitness and food and, and some of them just barely related. So, uh, hope people appreciated the rules. By the way, someone emailed requesting, wondering where, what happened to Doug's did you know segment? Oh, so really? We've kind of, yeah, we've, so we maybe need to bring that back. We oh, fooled man. around with segments and then it didn't seem like anyone cared about them. So oh. maybe we'll bring those back though. Yeah. That, that great <laughs> jingle. Oh, next time we are totally getting our Doug's did you know back. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Thanks okay. listener. Good. Yes. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening to this. Hope you've enjoyed our 15 rules. We will do some more rules episodes if you give us some good feedback that says you liked rules episode. We'll do some that are specific to topics and uh, maybe have a little bit more to do with what we usually talk about. Yeah. All right. Take all care, right. everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.